dissect the mind of successful entrepreneurs, chat with friends to get the best from them, collaborate on inventions, don't be a naysayer, allow the spirit of creativity from within to flow. Powerful words from phenomenal guest Susan Morris, who struck oil in Belize in June 2005 and has gone on to strike trade agreements in the UN between United Emirates and Belize for sustainable energy. She puts her success down to the power of mindset and the Educo educational model. Here's how she did it. I am so excited to have Susan on the line with us all the way from Canada to hear more about her incredible career. Susan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Trish. I'm actually in Denver, Colorado right oh. now. Uh, <laughs> right continent. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, you're a global jet setter, so um, we probably can't pin you down to one country. Um, so listen, I'd love to, I can't wait to hear your story. When we connected on LinkedIn and we had a chat and I read was reading about your profile, it was just blowing away. I love, love hearing, um, you know, you know, fellow Northerners getting out there and um, just totally smashing it uh, because we're brilliant. Um, but um, I wanted to start right at the beginning uh, with you. Um, you know, so we're obviously for people here, we're both from uh, Northern Ireland, um, but you grew up in Belfast um, and you have really championed your parents as your role models, your guiding lights. Um you would have grown up probably in right in the darkest times of, of Northern Ireland. So tell us a bit about your childhood and how that shaped you to get on the path that you got on. Certainly. In a way, there's there's two things and you've mentioned them. It's the, the importance of your attitude, your mindset. And then uh, the second one, which you alluded to, is sort of how did I become a geologist? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And the first one is related very much to my family. And uh, uh, especially on Sundays, we used to all go out for picnics. Sometimes we'd go down to Tullymore Park Forest, Mm -hmm. just outside Newcastle. And sometimes we would... my house, yeah. Yes, Mm -hmm. exactly. And sometimes we'd head north up to the Giant's Causeway. And... I find myself just fascinated by nature, uh, by the rocks and by understanding, you know, whether it be the waves coming into a beach and playing on the sand or jumping over the rocks. And I find out it could be a real job. And Mm -hmm. that's what took me into natural sciences uh, to understand the earth and uh, focusing on geology. Now, the mindset is interesting because in Belfast, of course, as you alluded to, there was a polarization, a division between, say, Catholics and Protestants mm-hmm. in a simple way. Now, my uh, my background, my dad was, a, uh, his family were originally from Scotland and so more Protestant, but my mum's family were originally from Ireland and more Catholic. Mm. And actually, mum and dad were great because Firstly, they had a great sense of humor. And secondly, they they sent us and encouraged us to go to brownies and guides and Sunday school. But mm-hmm. they didn't insist on any church dogma. And so we grew up with the stories, the great stories of the miracles and things like that without the, let's just say, the labels. Yeah. And looking back on that, I really thank them for for that I, you know i don't even know if it was conscious it's it's how it happened and it was a silver lining for me because 
I got the essence of the spirit within all of us mm-hmm. without the, uh, let's just say, the boxes around, the dogma. Yeah. Uh, the, the dogma around a particular religion. And I think that's helped me on my path tremendously, keeping what we might refer to as an open mind, an yes. attitude. Yeah. And uh, very, very rare. Um, that would have been, that have been during the 70s? That yep, been, that was, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It, it probably was rare. I mean, I didn't. The ice rink was the re- real melting pot for us all. Oh, yes. Dundonald. It was a big celebration. Oh, uh, it was at Dundonald. Well, it was right or down Biner. on Balmore Avenue. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It was the the ancient ice rink, older than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, listen, you couldn't have had better rocks than um, the Giants Causeway to inspire you um, for geology. It's a fascinating, um, you know, world uh, natural uh, history site. Um, so that took you on to choosing geology at Trinity and again even just choosing to go to university in Dublin at, in those times would have been a challenge in itself um, yep. and university wasn't plain sailing for you um, talk to us about that um, sort of period and what did you learn um, I actually think that well I didn't really do sciences at school um, and so I thought of it all as a bit of an adventure I actually failed my first year at Trinity, and I don't often say that, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's because I had such a lot of catching up to do with, let's just say, that that formal part of the uh, scientific rigour. But what intrigued me and kept the curiosity alive was was actually jumping into new things um, and and probably just seeing them as... um, as building blocks of an understanding of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kept my imagination, which I think we're all born with a vivid imaginations. Geology insists upon an imagination because you've got so few data points. If you remember that old game, join the dots, yeah. well, you get a few dots on the surface of the earth and then you try and join them by techniques, geophysical techniques like seismic. And then and then you target where you think oil and gas might be the treasure under the earth. Yeah. And it's, um, it's part science, part gut feel and imagination. And, um, and that's why I think my mind has been able to stay open and, and more creative. Yeah, it's a really... Um... That's a really fascinating description of it, you know, join the dots for for oil. But I guess you're mm-hmm. just mapping out sort of the world's natural resources and then sort of taking a common sense um, approach to it. Um, so how did that kind of mind, like that open mindedness, how did that take you from, you know, because you eventually did graduate um, from uh, from university. Um, <laughs> so how did you end up going like from, you know, was it join the dots to find Belize or you know, why did you well, that's a, that's a good question. Ireland to Belize? Like that's a pretty, you know, so again, I just think about the time, the particular time that you were doing and making all these decisions and the chat, you know, the political climate that you were living in, um, whether it was in Dublin or in Northern Ireland, it was, you know, it was a pretty dark time. Um, and 
having these ambitions and vision and yeah just I just really interested in how that all happened. Well many students find ways to work during the summer and uh, I did too uh, and I had an uncle in California and mm -hmm. So myself and two other pals, one was a botanist, one was a zoologist, and I was a geologist, all, okay. all at Trinity. There's a joke in there somewhere, Susan. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so a geologist, uh, sorry, a geologist, a zoologist, and a what? And a botanist. <laughs> Walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's it, and we did. But what we did was something even maybe more funny. We decided... And that to get to California, we were going to fly to New York. First, it was probably far cheaper. But secondly, mm -hmm. we wanted to see the size of America. Yeah. So we'd heard about these cars and we got a drive away car to drive from New York to Los Angeles. And um, uh, I did most of the driving because I think I was slightly older. I must have been 18 at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, anyway, we had the time of our lives. Uh, I'm afraid getting stopped for speeding because it was 50 miles an hour speed limit yeah. across the whole of America, which I thought maybe was a mistake. Um, <laughs> and there would be these little signs with route 80. And I thought, well, that's what they mean. It's 80 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine. But uh, mm. we all lived to tell the tale. And uh, I got to understand the American psyche mindset yeah. which was very entrepreneurial it was yeah. there was a lively can-do pioneering attitude mm -hmm. and I think actually doing that pioneering trip we all felt a bit like pioneers yeah and then so I then applied there was a job uh, offering that was back from the North Sea but that you went to America for a couple of years for training mm -hmm. and I applied and I thought when I got the job, I thought, goodness, I know they're all entrepreneurs. I'm going to find out about this entrepreneurial thing. Yeah. And I read about the history of America, the history of Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, uh, everything. I steeped myself in understanding the, the, the way of their mindsets. And so when I was hired by the American company and brought to Denver, I hit the road running not just with my geology, but actually with an attitude that I was going to go for it. Yeah. Now, that attitude wasn't so prevalent in Northern Ireland at the time. I think because, as you've said, uh, we were um, living under a cloud, a darker cloud of division. Mm -hmm. So I uh, got out and kept that lively spirit that pioneering spirit going and actually set up my own company within three years of graduating in the United States because I thought, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and that's when, during that those early days, in the first three years, I was asked uh, by a wonderful gentleman, Sir Ian Rankin, was there any oil? And he actually called it British Honduras, it was about 1982 mm -hmm. and they had just gone independent in 1981. And I did a quick bit of research at the library. And yeah. as life would have it, uh, I was able to time travel. That's another great thing about geologists. I literally went back 100 million years to the early Cretaceous time and looked at the shape of the landscapes and Mexico, Guatemala, Belize, and actually Cuba was joined to Belize back then. 
And mm-hmm. I realized that it had to have oil despite all the dry holes. Yeah. So I came and met Ian with a very positive attitude. But what happened next was a key. And that was I fell in love with the people of Belize. And and there was just, oh, I remember it now, even talking about it. It brought that motivation, that passion, that literal love. And I met Mike Usher, who became my business partner. And he had the same desire to make a difference in his country. I met him mm-hmm. in Denver, actually. He wanted and to get back. where was he from originally? He's from Belize. Oh, he's from Belize. Okay. Yep. So he naturally had a, an affinity and and a and a real desire because he had he had left the country, Belize, and traveled around the world with a big geophysical company called CGG, mm-hmm. and he was doing some training in surveying in Denver when we were introduced uh, because because Belize was a common passion of both of ours. Yeah, but we searched for fifteen years doing conventional type of exploration. We even caused a big well to be drilled. But it wasn't until, you know, parallel action happened and I had put together a phenomenally successful uh, event. It's a yearly event called the International Pavilion for the Association of American Petroleum Geologists. Mm -hmm. And it happens at the convention every year. And the Basically, the the world, the energy world comes and exhibits their potential, their oil, gas, sometimes uh, additional potentials uh, at a big convention in a sort of a casbah setting. And uh, after that, after that huge success, I was given a distinguished service award and, you know, called all those lovely things like global visionary. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had done it out of what I saw was necessity. I had been traveling to places and countries around the world, coming back to Denver and seeing all my friends out of work because, as it is now, the price of oil was very, very low and the companies had all closed. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you've got all these needs all over the world and all this potential and you've got all this expertise that is being wasted being a bartender or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, how do I get them together? And so it was a desire to bring various people together for the good of all. Yeah. And uh, and it worked and it worked brilliantly and it's still a great success. Now, uh, people came to me and said, would you teach what you did? You had an idea. You painted that whole dream, that vision for 100 volunteers and it happened and it's been continued. And I said, I have no idea. I thought anybody could do anything like that. In other words, I suddenly pinpointed that each person's mind is different. And I had a big realization that certainly in my schooling, and I started to compare notes with a number of different uh, educational systems in the United States and Europe, and no one seemed to have been taught exactly how the mind worked. Yes, I knew how the earth worked. Plate tectonics was one of my favorite things. Uh, But I didn't know why, for instance, Gandhi had the guts to uh, bring India its independence or Nelson Mandela uh, had that vision and that 
capacity to end apartheid. I didn't know what made somebody go for it and what makes somebody, sadly, maybe even just stay in a a depressed situation or yeah. just never find that uh, that that pathway to their brilliance. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, Trish, as a scientist, I decided I was going to research and <laughs> find out you like the answer. how things work. Doesn't matter Ex- what it is. You're exactly right. So That's whether it's teutonic plates or the mind or whatever it is, That's it doesn't matter. You just want to, to dissect it and then understand all the intricate parts of it. That's, That's what it feels ex- like. That's a, you're, it's perfectly said. Um, and I, I researched for about four years and not just around the world, but through time. I went all the way back to Socrates and Plato, who were famous for their philosophical studies on understanding the mind. And uh, in those days, they would have said, know thyself. That was Socrates' famous phrase. But what had we been doing? What had humanity been doing to, to actually get to grips with not just the knowing, but the result, the actual action of knowing? Mm-hmm. Because uh, that science is one thing about intellectually pursuing, but until you prove and live and walk the talk, actually, it's it actually uh, is not real. So um, I needed to find a system that had proven PhD acclaimed results because being from Northern Ireland, I'm really, really practical. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then the people, again, had to walk the talk. I hate hypocrisy. So yeah. uh, part of the practicality, I had to see that the results were there practically and the people walked the talk. And there was only one system that I could find in, in the world. Uh, and I went to California, India and places like that. And that was Educo, and it's spelled E-D-U-C-O. And it's actually from the Latin derivative of education, to draw out from within. And I realized, and I think probably geology helped me, the best learning in geology was not from a book. It was Mm -hmm. actually from our field trips, where you'd go out and crawl across the rocks, and you actually had to visualize and really see the answer. You know, it was, in other words, uh, experiential. You had to experience Experience the learning, not just read about it or even just talk about it. It had to actually come out. So um, I went along in 2002 to this two-week seminar, which was very unusual because I actually, uh, I, I was married with two two little girls then and I hadn't been away for two weeks. So it was a big decision for me. And while I was flying there to the, to the seminar, I suddenly got this feeling of this is an important move, not just for me, but for my family, community mm-hmm. and a larger, a larger picture. And so I was able to head on on my journey and and really be there and instead yeah. of worrying let's say because there's no point worrying because it holds you back from from listening actually uh, and so uh i went to the course and it was 3 days into it when 
I realized with probably with a capital R that this was the missing piece, the missing link. And I, I was actually flabbergasted. It is not a critical piece of our education today. I, I, mm-hmm. oh, I think I used the word criminal, that that this understanding of our mind, which in essence, if you think of a big iceberg, yeah, the top of the iceberg is 5% and it's poking out of the ocean. Yeah. And the bottom of the iceberg is 95% and it's below the ocean. And I, that visual is particularly poignant to somebody from Belfast because of the, the Titanic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, but, you know, there's only one left us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's it actually maybe even brings home even more. Imagine living with only 5% of your mind and your capacity mm-hmm. working. The rest of it is is dormant and even worse than that is being programmed like a computer inadvertently by parents, by teachers and by the culture we live in. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's so important, actually, to uh, to get out of difficult situations Whatever they are, whether they be a division of the Belfast Troubles or or all sorts of even, a, you know, difficult uh, partnerships, whatever mm-hmm. they are. And so that you can get a perspective and and uh, and understand the it's a, it's a type of conditioning that goes on in your unconscious. Yeah. Now, uh, when you understand how it works, you're exactly right. That's that's me all over. Uh you know how to run that car for its best performance. And the car, I liken it to a Porsche sports car. But most of us on the planet don't ever get out of first gear. We don't realize we're turbocharged. Yeah. Because we're only we're only working with five percent. We haven't we haven't, let's say, entered and taken the reins of that full capacity to connect with what you would call our spirit. You can call it entrepreneurial spirit, pioneering spirit, but it's the essence of that energy within us. And that's the doorway to it. And once you understand the mechanism and that doorway, you actually, you you, you realize that you, you actually were born with it. You were born with that curiosity. Mm-hmm. I see it in my granddaughter, yes. that adventure spirit to climb a tree or jump into a lake yeah. or whatever it is. And then we're um, conditioned out of it. Exactly. Well said. So it's it's reconditioning, the conditioning and getting to know how to actually, if you want, program yourself and better still leave the door open and let that the light of ourselves, the energy of ourselves flow freely through. And that's the real creativity and innovation that somebody like Albert Einstein would talk about. Uh, by the way, while I'm remembering it, there's an excellent, I think it's a podcast on letters that he wrote to his daughter, not just about his inventions, but how they came to him from this creative spirit within uh, and it's they're, they're worth listening to. It's very good. If you're enjoying the podcast, simply hit the like and subscribe button on your favourite podcast platform. If you have the time, leave us a review. You can do that really easily by going to ratemypodcast.com forward slash fast forward.
Well, we'll try and include that in the show notes, um, along with some information about Edico, um, if people want to find out more. Um, so let me take you back there. So earlier you yep. said um, that you spent 15 years um, looking for oil with your business partner, Mike, yep. and um, you went as far as to d- d- digging wells and things like that. What, is that how you got like that, that resilience to stay committed to something after so, you know, failure after you know failure after failure like was it the was it did this parallel thing was this the parallel mindset discovery what got you through that or you know did those things happen side and side or how how did you persevere that you know that's a huge commitment and having to also convince other people to come with you for that you know for that for that adventure um you know is that is that how you got through that and especially Um, being a woman in that environment, you know, which is dominated by men to get them to listen. You know, what, you know, how, tell us a bit about all that. Um, well, a couple of questions, good questions in there. Um, the, the woman bit, uh, I don't know if, if maybe certainly we, I think this is true for men and women. We've got to be the best we can be. We've got to allow that, uh, that potential to shine out of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think maybe at first women had to do it and and show it even more. Yeah. Uh, I was not conscious particularly in those days. Uh, I got to tell you, Trish, I was having fun. I, I can imagine. I was sleeping <laughs> on the floors. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was like being a real adventurer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was sort of like chopping through the jungles and stuff yeah. like that. So it was like, uh, living in a movie before I was married and everything. So uh, I, when people talk about that uh, resilience and everything, I think when you're doing it, if you're loving it and you have a purpose and a motivation, mm-hmm. uh, time is not even relevant. Yeah. And I would say that's something that that is important to find is your purpose and your motivation. Um, however, it was not until... Because remember, that kept Mike and I going. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it wasn't until we learned the mechanism of our mind that immediately we got back from the Aduco seminar, we were able to actually see the people of Belize rejoicing for this oil discovery before mm-hmm. we'd even brought the rig in. Right. Uh, it's it's that, that certainty that this path was exactly right now in the middle of that Mike died and it I know it was a terrible shock to me terrible and uh, I luckily enough it brought my uh, desire even more to the fore for him yeah and um, we called the first well the Mike Usher number one and we were more determined and there were 76 little Irish investors that that came with us and they didn't know about Belize. They didn't know necessarily what a wildcat was, but they all, I'd say the majority of them had all done the Aduco seminar. So they knew of the power of this, uh, of the vision and they knew of the power of belief. And I mean, belief beyond belief. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what they, they knew that, that we had that. We could yeah. see it done. And that's a key. Being, being able to see as 
Einstein did, see the invention done, see the results already happening. And that's a key for all the listeners and, and a key to innovation. Um, but we, we started to drill and it was in May 2005. And on the 24th of June 2005, in the very first well, the Mike Usher number one, we mm -hmm. hit the first oil in Belize. And it was absolutely like all our birthdays all at once and more. And the whole government came out because we'd it was it was really like the Mike Usher Christmas. gusher. <laughs> it was Christmas, Christmas. And uh, uh, but it, a couple of days later, we were all stopped in our tracks because we realized we had discovered the first oil in Belize, which was gigantic. The yeah. oil was beautiful, so light, it didn't even need a refinery and still goes into the generators without refining. So it's called 40 degree gravity oil. But we had discovered oil on the exact day of Mike's death, one year later, the anniversary of his death. Wow. The 24th of June. And then even the most cynical of us went, yeah. stopped in our tracks Come and on. said, Come on, this <laughs> is about something bigger. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is about something far bigger than us. And we have understood a discovery more important than the oil itself, which is the discovery of the lineup and capacity of the energy within ourselves mm -hmm. when we understand how we work. And that's the real gigantic discovery for mankind, for the for the planet. Incredible. I'm totally a believer in all of that. Um, but that's probably our Irish wits where we we always have a, a fit in a fit in the door. Um, so yes. is that where Belize natural energy came from? Did you find it from that point? Had it already been founded? And was that with the, you know, the 15 years and the Irish investors or sort of what happened from that moment? Well, Mike and I had a company called Belize Natural Resources, mm -hmm. uh, uh, which we had done all the attempts. Yes. We then f formed Belize Natural Energy, and that's the new company that was the discovering company mm -hmm. uh, and is the company that has been the number one revenue generator uh, in Belize for the last over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And actually, just to bring you all up to date, I was just honoured uh, by being asked to go on to the task force for geoscientists without borders. It's like doctors without borders. Yeah. And it's because of this, the Educo model, which is about the people. Yeah. It's about making and empowering the people. And yes, linking with the resources and, 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 and ideas and inventions, but it starts with us. Yes. And so, um, you know, just literally I had the call about two days ago asking me to come onto this task force and utilize the the, the B&E Aduco model to be able to replicate it in other countries around the world for the good of the people. Incredible. Um, so, so, so Belize now has a sustainable oil supply. It's incredibly light it doesn't need refinery so it's highly usable within the country itself but yes. where does where does energy go from there you mentioned earlier you know obviously the price of oil has massively dropped again um you know where does sustainability fit into your vision um what does the future of energy look like to you 
Um, you know, I suppose we we hinted at it at the, uh, in the last uh, segment there, and that is that energy that propels us forward into innovation, creativity, pioneering is that energy within us. And that's the real common denominator. Mm-hmm. That's what we all want. You know, that happiness, that love, that light. Um, and so that's uh, that's actually the ultimate answer. Now, the word sustainable or uh, corporate responsibility, etc. We have become famous, and in fact, we won two major global awards. They're called the Get Energy Global Awards. We won in 2012, and we won, again, the sustainability locally in Belize in 2017. And we beat 50 countries, including the USA, Canada, the UK, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia, And the key is it's not about a company getting in and taking the resources and getting out, or it's not even about a company giving charity. It's about the educational model being available to the the whole country, basically, uh, to empower their paths, their desires. I'll give you an example. The chief of police came to me about three years ago Howell Gillett, and said, I read a bit about B&E and the mindset, and I want to understand the mind from the point of view of how the criminal mind develops and how do we how do we prevent it at a young age? He mm-hmm. went along to the Aduco seminar and came back and within the very first year had reduced crime in the capital city, Belmapan, by 52%. It was unheard of. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are uh, entrepreneurs, there's one entrepreneur I'm thinking about, and you may have heard of her because she became famous at the age of 16, 17. She's a little Mayan girl called Elsia Pop. And she, we, we entered her for the Princess Diana Legacy Award. And mm-hmm. it's before the two princes were married. And she won it. And she was invited to London, to Buckingham Palace to receive the, the award from the princes. And she was terrified. She'd, she'd never even seen an aeroplane, let, let alone been up in yeah. one. Yeah. And so luckily enough, her cousin worked for us at Marshall and he and she went to Buckingham Palace. And there are fantastic photographs of her being honoured by the two princes for developing not just her own entrepreneurial spirit, but by passing it on and sharing it with her whole community so that the whole community is rising up. And that's empowerment. Yeah, um, I think it's fascinating that the the outcome um, of applying that mindset approach has had such a powerful impact on reducing crime, because obviously that has, you know, it's the butterfly ripple effect of, you know, the positive impact that that will have on the city as a, as a result. Now, Already has. Yeah, yep. Incredible. Um, And, uh, you know, to be able to share that approach and that education with, you know, with an entire population is is um, is really commendable. Um, Now, you would think from everything that you've said to me, Susan, that you would have full time your time invested in Educo or in uh, B&E. But in your spare time, you've managed to find time to co-found an aviation company, XJet, with your cousin, from Killalay. Um and for, for listeners, that's the hometown of Van Morrison, who um, we've just discovered off air that um, Susan and I were actually both at that concert. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago in Killalay yes. Castle. Um, but even the story about, you know, XJet and how you've come to be involved in that. Tell us a bit about it and how that all came about. Well, funnily enough, Josh Stewart, who is the uh, my second cousin, his mother uh, and uh, partner, actually, uh, organized that concert, Van Morrison concert, because they owned the pub across the road from Killalay Castle. So <laughs> I love how paths cross, Trish. It's, it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Josh came to, he was a bush pilot in Africa. He actually uh, did his flying through the Royal Air Force and uh was a bush pilot and was and still is very handsome and, you know, doing all these things with the United Nations and it, dropping food parcels. But he came and visited me and said, look, I, I, I just don't feel fulfilled. There's something missing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, quite often people will move countries or or move jobs when they get that stirring feeling because quite often we don't know what to do. You know, and I said, look, before you go and, you know, work for United Airlines or American Airlines, and I had just come back from the Aduko seminar, I said, give yourself time to actually get to know your true self, your true nature, what what really is your path, rather than keeping jumping countries or mm-hmm. jobs or whatever. Let's let, you know, let yourself get to know yourself. And he did. And on that very seminar, XJet, which has been the number one private jet company for about the last five or six years uh, through, throughout the world, started off here in the United States. Then he had uh, XJet was in Stansted and its headquarters are in Dubai. Mm-hmm. Part of Josh's vision was to actually live in Dubai and in winning a place in that Dubai, the new Dubai airport he shocked the aviation world. Mm -hmm. And he also uh, got to know the leaders in Dubai and and a tremendous friendship over the last, it's actually probably over the last eight, 10 years, has developed so much so that he and I basically were instrumental in bringing the United Arab Emirates and Belize as a country and B&E and the Aduko model together in New York on the 70th anniversary of the United Nations to sign a groundbreaking trade agreement across the globe. And uh, that certainly caught the attention of many, many corporate people and country leaders as to what the UAE, because they are a a fascinating country. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've just heard that they've started the important steps towards peace with Israel. And, uh, they're just a leader um, of, a, of a, a way to make a difference in the world. And in fact, the United Arab Emirates was set up by the original um, sheikh from Abu Dhabi mm-hmm. to really be the difference in the world. So it's fascinating to read the history. Um, and and when, you, when you understand that, you realize it's no coincidence. Uh, it's, it's life having a... It's almost like... Or, a divine orchestration across the world, this, this coming together. And, you know, these two people from Northern Ireland, Josh Stewart, Killaday, and me from Belfast, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, it, it's actually, we're, I think, open enough to really 
lets that life's force, that life capacity through us, thanks to having studied the mm-hmm. Educo model and having it as part and parcel of our lives and sharing it with everybody we meet because we believe it's everybody's birthright to realize their full capacity. I mean, I think the 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 evidence of that is probably in the output and the uh, what yep. you guys have both achieved. Um, um, I suppose um, with the the Dubai element, I suppose was XJet the vehicle then that he built to achieve his goal of Dubai, or was it did that exist and he found it and. Or how did that come about? No, he built XJet. The prototype here is here in Denver, actually. It is superb. It's it's a seven-star model for people who own their own private jets. Right. And they are some of the shakers and movers in the world. Well, especially, for instance, the, the UAE um, example and this coming together around mm-hmm. the world is a, is a perfect example of, uh, of leadership, but leadership for for the people as opposed to leadership of an ego, let's say. Yeah. But uh, it's that, um, you know, you've got that where you're just, you don't see any obstacles. That's what it sounds like. It's that you don't, people will give you yeah. a million reasons why a trade That's agreement it. between UAE and Belize wouldn't work. Um, but yeah. it sounds like you have taken the approach of, well, why wouldn't it work? <laughs> uh, absolutely. And, and a two-way street. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, it's not just one, like the big brother, the yeah. UAE, giving to Belize. Uh, I was part of some of the tours and the appreciation of the leaders from the UAE, of the pristine jungle, mm-hmm. of the, the the reef, of the people, the open-minded, honest people. It mm-hmm. was palpable. It was yeah. absolutely wonderful. So when you saw it in action, you knew it was meant to be. Well, that's what they do, isn't it? Because I've been like... Dubai I've been to many times and Abu Dhabi and don't they they travel the world and come back with you know the best of the ideas that they see to, and bring them back to their countries um, you know yep. the new canal that they've just built um, around you know the city centre around Dubai um, Yes, I, I was on my way to Dubai before I stopped off in Manchester three years ago <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was meant well, to be. You can still go on someday. Oh yes hopefully if this Covid um, crack ever gives up. Um, now, let's talk about um, COVID because it has had an impact on um, B&E um, and, al- and also the aviation industry. Um, talk to talk to us about that. What has this recent sort of six months uh, been like for both businesses? Well, from a, a positive point of view, uh, we are very involved in the generation of electricity in Belize. So it's called an essential service. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have been uh, very much working uh, through this COVID t- shut-in time. Um, however, many, many companies, especially around the United States and in Europe, have had to actually close their doors because it was like a double whammy. They mm-hmm. got a drop in oil price right at the very beginning in uh, March, April, and COVID. Now, what we have found is because we have had so many people like the 15 ambassadors coming. Actually, it was the ambassador from Mexico to Belize, Ambassador Carlos Gestino, uh, who invited all these countries from Japan to China to Cuba to Venezuela to the United States, UK, 
to come and see the working model, the Aduco working model in BNE and its outreach to the community. Mm-hmm. And that was great because it it was able to happen right there in Belize in December before mm-hmm. the shut-in. Yeah. Now what we're doing, because we've still had so many requests, but nobody can come in and out. Travel is yeah. very difficult, as everybody knows. And my very next call is planning a virtual tour of BNE and our outreach to be able to share with individuals, because it always starts with the individual getting to know our true nature, which mm-hmm. is actually uh, a desire and a, and a loving and a wanting the best for everybody. Um, and to, to, to be able to take companies, countries, individuals on a virtual tour of B&E and our uh, outreach into the society so that they too can replicate it and not just be compliant to the sustainability rules that are coming, because we do want to be good custodians of this planet. We're famous for it. We won the Green Award. You know, we won the uh, Employer of the Year Award. But other people uh, want to find out how we did it. We've been doing it for over 12 years. And so there's nothing like, going right back to our first point, experiential. Now, if we can't get there, the next thing is a virtual tour where they can interact with, for instance, our driller. Mm -hmm. They can interact with our CEO. They can interact with our financial team. They can interact with even some of the people who have won scholarships to go on the Aduco seminar and Mm -hmm. come back, you know, like the chief of police and made a huge difference to society. So uh, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the silver linings coming out of COVID. What do you do when you can't travel? You bring the understanding to everybody as virtually as you can. Bringing the mountain to Mohammed. Or yep. Mohammed to the mountain. <laughs> can't remember which one it is. <laughs> I think we're trying to do both. <laughs> <laughs> or projected on a hologram. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, listen, I have no doubt that you will find a way to do that and or will create your own way. Um, yes. To achieve that goal. Um, so I wanted to, um, you know, begin to wrap up the podcast and um, I wanted to get a little bit of advice from you. Um, first of all, to, um, you know, young women um, thinking about career choices. Um, we know that, um, you know, young girls, even at the age of five, um, will be very open to lots of different career choices and uh, industries but that then those we are conditioned to close those things off as or we choose make our life choices as we go older through our teenage years and into adulthood. How would you encourage them um, into a life of natural sciences, whether they're, you know, in their teens or, you know, already in a career now? How would you encourage them to open, reopen their minds? Well, uh, actually, Trish, what you're doing here is great because what we're doing is speaking to the adults, mm-hmm. whether it be a teacher or parents, um, about uh, nurturing, encouraging the curiosity, the open-mindedness, the playfulness, the fun of life, the, um, uh, what would I say, that connection which we're all born with, mm-hmm. you know, that is our life, let's just say, uh, and and allow that to really blossom. Don't Try and 
put constraints around it. Even educators today are questioning the rigors uh, of our own, let's say, formal education. And some of them are pioneering and coming to the Aduku seminar to understand more about the importance of this lineup, this alignment with our the essence of ourselves, our spirit, instead of stuffing in from the outside, mm-hmm. let's encourage and nurture that spirit from within. And that's why I would speak to the adults listening is you'll see that curiosity, that lovingness, that everything, encouraging that, that friendship will will allow that little human being or that we human being, as we'd say, uh, <laughs> to be all they can be and to follow their path. I mean, uh, my parents were probably shocked at me being a geologist. They're, I don't think they, they even heard it. Think. I, don't, I, have to, I don't even think the way you, you probably went home and said, I'm going to be this. And they probably went, brilliant. <laughs> well, they said, what that is it? Wonderful. <laughs> what is it? That sounds brilliant. You know, and my, my parents were the same. You know, they encouraged us to pursue whatever we were passionate about. That's great. Um, um, and then what about entrepreneurs? You know, you've had such an incredible entrepreneurial experience yourself. You went and learned and dissected the mind of an entrepreneur so that mm-hmm. you could um, acquire that skill. Um, you know, what advice would you have for entrepreneurs building their businesses? Well, I would say uh, look at somebody, a a bit like what you just said. I dissected the mind of an entrepreneur who actually was so desirous to share the mechanism. Mm -hmm. And that's how I met Dr. Tony Quinn, because I realized he had dedicated his life to others and to that you, uh, you use a great word, dissection, understanding of the mind. I'd say to everybody, do that and 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 chat about it with your friends and encourage the best out of, you know, if you're teenagers listening, the best out of your friends and even collaborate together on an invention, new ideas, be the um, the cheerleaders for each other. Don't be the naysayers because that's just... That's actually just putting the cloud, the dark cloud mm-hmm. over that light and creativity of the spirit. Let it out. Let it free and see what you can be. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I, like, I am literally thinking I'm going to finish this podcast and then find a way to get myself to Denver to come and spend time with you because you're just brilliant. You'd be uh, very welcome. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure if I uh, open my mind, I will find a way, even if I have to canoe across the Atlantic. <laughs> I have no doubt, Susan Morris, we will be meeting again in the future um, in yes. person. Um, yes. Thank Same you here. so, so, so much for um, sharing your story and um, your advice and the um, the opportunity um, to learn about a mindset approach, which um, will hopefully give some of our listeners a better night's sleep. Thank you. Thank you, Trish. All the best, everybody. Bye bye. Fast Forward is a weekly interview podcast brought to you by Tech Manchester, an incubator for digital and creative startups in the Northwest. I'm your host, Patricia Keating. The podcast is produced by Sarah Bellier, audio editing by Jamie Gownlock, and music by Parma Violets. If you have any questions, feel free to drop us a line at info at techmanchester.co.uk or follow us on any of our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn, 
all under Tech Manchester.